When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 151. Hasten slowly. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Taker? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras. And you are back to your on-demand radio station for a transformation. Your oasis for ancient wisdom and your source for actionable insights that will allow you to take action right away. As always, this is a show where failure is considered a stepping stone to success because it shows that you have the determination and conviction to face your obstacles and embrace your imperfection. Action Tribe, today is our 151st episode and I really want to thank you for the love and support that you have shown us so far. It's been an incredible journey and yet this is just the beginning because we have just scraped the tip of the iceberg of what's really possible. Some of you are new listeners and some of you have been with us from day one and as you know I don't make many requests but I have just one request today. Could you leave us your thoughts, your impressions and your ideas for the show in the form of an iTunes review? We've received over 192 reviews so far and it's been a blast. You see, my goal is to get as many people as possible to get inspired by the show. And the most powerful way to do so is through review so that other people can see the review, get to hear about Action Tribe and Action Takers and become an Action Taker themselves. So my request is that if you love the show, if you've been inspired so far, write us an iTunes review by going to this link, my7chakras.com forward slash review. Because you're reviewing, that's my7chakras.com forward slash R-E-V-I-E-W. Once you visit this link on your mobile, you will automatically be taken to the review page. Next step, write your review and hit submit. That's all. iTunes looks at each and every review closely and then decides how to rank a particular podcast. Your voice, my fellow action taker, really matters. I look forward to reading each of your reviews and taking this movement to new places and new countries. And now we are ready to welcome our featured guest for today, Alan Knight. So Alan, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) That's awesome. 
Alan Knight is a former Zen monk turned communication and personal development expert. He has over 25 years of experience coaching and training people to transform their communication by empowering themselves. He has a master's degree in education from McGill University and has created a nine-step formula for entrepreneurs called Connect with Power. He is also the author of a book called A Knight Without Armor and is founder of the Soulmate Revolution. Alan has a unique way to help you take your knowledge and finally apply it to action with fast track results and methods to sustain the benefits long term so alan welcome to the show before we move on please take a few more seconds to elaborate a bit on your story well thank you again for having me well it's tough to follow a guy like you with such great communication skills yourself so <laughs> thanks <laughs> and uh, and i really acknowledge you for the work you're doing and for reaching out to people all over the world i'm very glad to be part of it just very quickly i'll give you a quick overview when i was i'm originally from montreal uh, when I was 13 years old, uh, my mother was diagnosed with cancer and told she had six months to live. She actually ended up living for 20 years. And so my mother was my first role model of the power of the human spirit. My father happened to unfortunately pass away when I was 19. And when I was uh, 21 or 24, I think it was 21 or 24, uh, while I was in university, I took a year off, traveled around the world, and came very close to dying on the desert. And that was my first kind of life-changing experience. Up until then, I was mainly interested in sports, and I was a bit of a jock. Uh, but coming close to dying was very scary for me. And uh, there was a certain amount of inner surrender that took place. And when I returned home, I happened to meet a very lovely young lady who had big, beautiful blue eyes, and she was living in what was called a Zen meditation center. And she invited me there, and I walked in, and there were about 25 people, and they just looked like amazing people. Their eyes were clear and calm, and uh, I felt like I was home. A short story is I moved in, and I lived there as a Zen monk for nine years of my life. So that experience changed my life dramatically as I sort of got in touch with my soul, with the deeper part of who I was. But then I realized I wasn't living in the Himalaya mountains. Mm -hmm. So I left the monastery, missed women, missed women too much as well, <laughs> and uh, got back into society, went back uh, to get a master's degree in counseling psychology. And my thesis was the quality of relationships begin with others begins with the quality of relationship you have with yourself. And then since then, I've uh, really been a coach, trainer, and speaker to help people master the art of their relationships uh, by mastering the relationship they have with themselves. In a nutshell, that's my little story. Love that. I really look forward to learning more about your story and that defining moment in particular. But before that, as always, we're going to start today's show with a dose of inspiration. So tell us, what is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply that quote in your day-to-day -day life? One of my favorite quotes is a very short quote from the great Tibetan yogi saint. His name was called Milarepa. I don't know if you ever heard of Milarepa. Mm -hmm. But he had an expression, hasten slowly, hasten slowly. And the reason I think that means a lot to me in my life and how I've implemented it, because we live in a very, very, very fast-paced world. And it's very easy to get off track and to become immersed in the stimulation all around us through media, internet, tweeting, uh, texting, uh, all the things going around in the world. Uh, and so many people are experiencing a hyperactive mind and ADD. And so the whole point of me going into the monastery was to learn techniques to center myself. But I also realized 
that I have to balance the stillness of the mind, patience, the living with presence of mind, with taking action. And it was a balancing act. So hasten slowly means a lot to me because on one level we need to take action and on another level we have to do it without attachment to the action and have a balance of inner peace and successful results on the outside. So thanks a lot for that quote. Action Tribe, hasten slowly. I'm going to repeat that, hasten slowly because what you'll realize is that the only way to make true progress is if you're able to center yourself balance yourself, still your mind, and then take action because action is important. But before that, you need to slow down. So thanks a lot for that perspective, Alan. And with that, let's dive in. What inspired you to create Connect With Power? When I started to be um, a coach and a trainer, uh, people would say to me, Alan, what's unique and different about you? Because people tend to compare you to life coaches or any other kind of motivational speaker. And as I explored and started to train and coach teams and groups and individuals, I started to compare myself with what I wanted to create and offer and what was out there. And so as people would come into my office, I would do an evaluation and ask them to rate themselves zero to 100% on 25 areas of their life. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, people would admit to me that they had spent five, 10, 15, even $25,000 over the last five, 10 years on self-development. And yet, when I would do the assessment, many of them still procrastinate. Many of them still had a hyperactive mind. Many of them still were insecure and afraid of failure or success or rejection. And the list goes on. And I thought to myself, all this money and all this time spent in self-development, and why are their numbers so low? And I, I, I said, Some, there's got to be a missing link here. And then sort of the light bulb, a couple of light bulbs went on for me. When I moved to Vancouver, there was an article in the BC Business Magazine which said, why most training programs fail. And in that article, it cited that billions of dollars are spent every year on self-development. But the two biggest reasons why often they fail is either our training and education is too theory-based or it's rooted too much in rah-rah motivation. We go to two, three-day seminars, get pumped up, come back, and we're back in the same place. Or we read a lot of books, and people have bought into this notion that knowledge is power. And then I realized that knowledge is power if you and I want to be a doctor, but when it comes to interpersonal skills and inner peace and self-development, it's the opposite. The heart is power. Presence of mind is power. Patience is power. Compassion is power. So then finally, I realized that if you want to get physically fit, you don't get read books and go to rah-rah seminars. You get in the gymnasium. So I felt that I wanted to create a training program which was unique. It was taking people out of their awareness and out of the mind and out of their knowledge and into the inner gymnasium where they could work out inner internally and verbally in an inner and verbal fitness workout. And that's how I developed the nine steps. The first seven steps is empowering yourself. The last two are empowering your communication. And not only do people fast track their self-development and communication mastery, but now they have a self-coaching system for life. So if they get off track, they know exactly what to do to get back on track. So that's how I got into doing what I do today. So 
So what I found really interesting from what you said was that the two biggest reasons for failure was A, there was too much theory and B, too much motivation, assuming that knowledge is power. But you rightly corrected that by saying that knowledge is not really power, but you get that power by really taking action, by not only going into the gymnasium to exercise your physical body, but by going into the inner gymnasium by tapping into the power of the mind. Now, Alan, as you said earlier, you were once a Zen monk. What was that experience like? You know, people ask me that all the time. (laughs) And I certainly don't, you know, some people say, Alan, are you suggesting we all become monks and nuns? I said, no, 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 no. You don't have, (laughs) you don't have to go through what I went through. But living as a Zen monk, funnily enough, a lot of it was enjoyable. There were times when, of course, I missed not having as much fun. I missed the dating experience. But at that time, I needed to really go deep into my soul. It was very disciplined. We'd get up at 3.30 in the morning sometime and meditate from 4 to 6, meditate four times a day, a lot of physical work, uh, did chanting. I was the leader of the chanting as I always had an affinity to chanting. And uh, it was very ascetic. It was very high-minded. I was able to maintain a very clear mind a lot of the time and you felt on some level a lot of peace now it wasn't rooted in reality because we weren't integrating into daily life sure but it was very disciplined very uh, mostly quiet we, we didn't do a lot of talking only when necessary so a lot of people would not be able to handle it so it was quite intense but uh, if there's such a thing as reincarnation and I probably lived many lifetimes like that so I needed to get back home That's how I see it. Got it, got it. Now, on that very same topic, you teach people how to attain success by entering the inner gymnasium, as you mentioned earlier, by first mastering their mind, by developing a Zen mind. So what are some of the traits or characteristics of a Zen mind? Well, when I refer to the Zen mind, I'm talking about tapping into, call it whatever you want, your spirit your soul, your center, your Buddha nature. Sure. When you're centered, you know, we have a physical body, we've got the emotions, we've got the rational mind, and then we've got this, I call it this being in the Zen zone, mm-hmm. uh, living in the zone. So the reality is most people are not experiencing living in that zone very much of their day. Their mind often is very hyperactive. Uh, the emotions are fluctuating, and there's a lot of emotional and psychological turbulence that keeps us from right action and effective communication. So when I talk about getting in the zone, I'm not just talking about meditation, because meditation alone, that's why I created a nine-step program and not a one-step program. Sure. I realize that even there are some people that even now, I will not encourage them to meditate because they're not ready. They got too much anger. And so they got to deal with some things before they even get to step number four of what I call inner fitness or unleashing your inner warrior. But the Zen zone is getting into that zone where you're clear-minded, you're centered, and whether you're talking or taking action or whether you're withdrawing, you're able to maintain calmness, contentment, a clarity, and a presence of mind most of the time. That's the Zen zone. Now, let's talk about the reality a bit more, the challenge. So many of our listeners are trying to find their life's calling. They're trying to achieve a total personal transformation. What are some of the common patterns that really hold people back from soaring in their personal lives? There are a few, and they're connected and what might help here is I always like to simplify everything and I'm going to simplify it into four categories letters sure V M A C V for victory V is for vision having vision clarity of vision 
M is for mindset, motivation, mastery, the inner power, your inner world. Mm -hmm. A is for action and accountability. And C is for communication. And the way I, I touch on this is that every one of us every day to achieve our destiny in life, we have to deal with people. Yeah. We are with ourselves 24-7, but still most of the time we're dealing with people in the outside world. So we need to master our communication skills. However, what I've discovered is that 80% of our communication comes from the inside out. So we need to master V, M, and A as a foundation for mastering the last one, which is C. So mm -hmm. if we, the first thing is if we're not clear, we need to clarify who we are and what we truly want and have a clear, clear intention. So one of the first things we do is clarify that vision. Then the second thing is we need to have a very strong inner world. We need to be mentally tough. We need to be confident. We need to be uh, sort of uh, feeling great in our own skin. We need to learn how I call it accepting ourselves and loving our own self, just like we love our own child. And so that inner enthusiasm and joy and passion and confidence will then exude into A and C, which is action and, and communication. With the passion, with the inner fitness, with the zip, being in the Zen zone more and more and more, we then take good action in A and accountability, and also then it flows into our communication. 80% comes from the inside, 15 or 20% comes from technique and content and the words that we speak. So what's holding most people back? Number one, most people are way too self-critical and hard on themselves. Most people can't say honestly that they look in the mirror and love themselves and accept themselves like their own child. And, and when I say love yourself, I don't mean selfish so love, like as a foundation, like the, the Bible says, love others, love God with all your heart, love others as yourself. It applies you love yourself first. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's the number one core that's holding most people back. And that results in things like a, a procrastination, which is an action, uh, insecurity and fear and communication. But the core problem, as I see it, is most of us are too hard on ourselves and too self-critical. Love that. So I love how you've broken that whole thing down. You spoke about the vision first. We need to first work on what our vision really is for our life and then move on to working on our mindset, our motivation. And once we have those foundations in place, we can really take the action which leads to us getting propelled into mastering that communication. And you spoke about the fact that being too self-critical and a lack of self-love are things that really hold a person back. So thanks a lot for For sharing that with us based on your experience now in your study what are some of the benefits of really going that far moving from taking action to mastering communication before i answer that i want to compliment you you know not just to make you feel good but you know you're you are not only articulate in your communication but you're such an amazing i could tell without knowing you that you're such a great listener and you're able to receive and listen and then immediately feedback almost exactly what you heard so i I, i compliment you my friend um so uh getting back to your question when you go up the ladder of my nine steps you come to a point in step number six where i call it it's really a self-mastery stage where you're learning more and more to live in that zone but when i talk about the zone and the self-mastery stage of busting through the barriers, you and I and all of us are going to have a lot of barriers and obstacles in our life. Some of them are small, some of them are medium-sized, some of them are big. My biggest one was when my twin soul, Susie, had cancer for three years and passed away. 
And what I learned is that one of the keys is not just to get motivated, not just to meditate and feel good for a while. It's how are you going to sustain that long term? Well, when you go through the steps of my program and you get to step number six, where you're living in that zone, no matter what comes your way, you're able to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and get back in the zone, back in the zone, back in the zone, faster and faster and faster. Some of the greatest benefits are that you've achieved an amazing amount of inner freedom, which is really what everybody really wants. Yep. And you're free. You have inner freedom because you're not, you're not so attached to the outcomes. You're living in the present. You're, you're re responding rather than reacting to people. And so one of the key benefits is inner freedom. Another key benefit is because of your presence of mind, like you're able to do, you can truly love people relatively unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Because when you're with each person, your ego is out of the way. You're not thinking so much about what you want to say next because you, you're so into yourself or your mind is hyperactive. You're able to give full presence of mind to the person and really love them and respond with wisdom and compassion. So I'll just give you two of them. I could probably list five or six, but those are the two that come to my mind. Love that. Now, I know by now that most of our listeners have this one question in their mind. What are those nine steps? I know we have limited <laughs> time, but could you give us a brief overview of these steps? I could do that really quickly. Awesome. S step number one is what I call the x-ray. You do an evaluation just like you go to a doctor's office. You see, you you rate yourself zero to 100% on many categories of your your business and personal life. So you get a chance to look in the mirror, see where your strengths are and where your weaknesses. So you're having the courage to take stock of your life. That's number one. Number two is letting go of the past, dropping the armor. And why that's important is that most of us are living with things from the past that hold us back from, as you say, soaring in our life. So a lot of people have held on to things that were not their, no one's fault, but a lot of times there there's anger, resentment, trauma, and we have to learn to forgive others. So in 2A, it's, it's letting go. I have a zap the past exercise to, to neutralize and help let go a lot of the feel the negative feelings you have toward others. The second part is a zapping the past exercise, which helps you to, to let go the negative feelings you have toward yourself, being so self-critical. So now you've released some of the infections from the body. The third one is setting the foundation for your empire, which is designing your purpose and vision in life. And I teach a unique impact visioning process. So now you get clear, clear, clear. Mm -hmm. And now you're ready for the harder stuff, four and five and six. Four is what we call unleashing your inner warrior. And I deal with the rational mind, reprogramming some of the negative beliefs with a three-part system, channeling your emotions from fear, anger, depression, into passion, joy, and enthusiasm, and then tapping into your calm, clear, intuitive mind. So you're building with all these inner fitness exercises, you're building the foundation of a strong inner muscles, building up, building up, building up. Number five is taking charge of your life. Now that you build up your inner muscles, you gotta take care of your external lifestyle. So we have a goals and accountability system, a three-part system for that. So number four and five is your personal power, inner and outer achievement, inner and outer achievement. As you're building your personal power, number six is dealing with, I call it the scud missiles of life, the obstacles and challenges, busting through the barriers that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. Once you get to number six, AJ, that's where the magic happens because you're living in the zone most of the time. So the seventh one, I call the true power to manifest. We hear the word manifestation and attraction a lot, 
But if you try to manifest by, I think a lot of motivational speakers can sometimes be irresponsible by saying, oh, just think positively. Well, I'm not going to go up the Himalayan mountains if I'm 100 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. I got to get in shape. So if that's true physically, which should be the same for inner. So that's why I'm, I'm very careful not to teach the more advanced motivational techniques until number seven, where the magic really becomes. So step number one to seven is all about accepting, adoring, respecting, and loving yourself like your own child. Then we get into eight, which is mastering all aspects of our communication. So whether it's listening skills, presentation skills, dating skills, soulmate skills, entrepreneurial skills of marketing yourself, 30-second elevator speech, parenting skills, to become a better questioner, listener, and that's where we're mastering the verbal part. And then nine is Knights of the Round Table, learning a mastermind group to leave a legacy and make a difference in the world at large. So in a nutshell, those are the nine steps. Love that. So I love the flow, especially you started with the evaluation, letting go of the past. I think that is so powerful. Designing your purpose, unleashing your inner warrior and channeling your emotions and then taking charge of your life. Six, dealing with the challenges. Number seven, true power. To manifest and I love that you have this at the seventh step you said the magic happens at seven my seven chakras oh, <laughs> and yeah, then right. eight is mastering all aspects of communication once you've really established and worked on your foundation and nine is nights of the round table we've talked about this topic a couple of times in the past but master mind action tribe sometimes when you motivate yourself you feel it you own it but then after a certain point when you are with the company of other people they will hold you accountable they will help you set those large goals once you've mastered the initial steps i love that you end with the mastermind thanks a lot for sharing alan it's a real honor to be here my friend so let's go back in time now i'm really curious how did you first enter the field of communication coaching well I, what happened was that as far as my work was concerned i did a few jobs here and there and i was sure. not bad in sales but Something was missing in my life. And then after the Zen monk experience, I realized that I wasn't going to be happy unless I was doing something very meaningful. So I moved out to Vancouver with my because tw uh, my twin soulmate sister, Susie, was living here. And uh, we had an amazing bond for 22 years, loved her unconditionally. And uh, she knew the work, she knew the life here in Vancouver. And I felt the need for a change. And when I came out here, I said, you know, I didn't come out here to work. I came out here for a purpose. And I knew that my destiny was going to lie in the art of communication, coaching, speaking, training. And I just knew that intuitively. And I said, I've got to follow my heart. So it was as simple as that. I was always the kind of person to follow my heart. Mm. So it never let me down. So Alan, thanks a lot for sharing those amazing insights, that powerful advice based on what you've shared with us today. If you had to tell one of your students or your clients to take one action, just one step towards mastering their communication, what would that one action be? If it was one action to master their communication, per se, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to try to steal one from you. I would say on a personal level to be have the courage in every communication you're in to be yourself to be wise 
to be authentic, to be genuine, and to believe in yourself enough to communicate who you really are would be number one. The second thing is really for every time you meet someone, this is something I try to do all the time, to create an environment within which that person feels comfortable enough to be themselves around me. So by listening and showing that I'm present with them, it gives them an opportunity to feel safe, to feel confident, and to open up themselves. Those are the two things that come to my mind right away. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 151. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 151. If you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your own estimate of it. And this, you have the power to revoke at any moment. This is an amazing quote by Marcus Aurelius, Roman Emperor. Who wrote the book Meditations. Action Tribe, the message is clear here. If someone hurts you, if you feel sad, if you're distressed, if you're having a hard time facing life's challenges, then take some time to really assess the situation. I know it's challenging, but take some time to really look at what's happening. You'll realize that although you don't have control over what just happened, you have complete control over how you're going to reframe what just happened, change the story, and then react in a way that empowers your mind, your body, and your spirit. Because as we always learn, and we're learning today as well, well, challenges are here to help you grow. And Alan, since we're talking about challenges, talk to us about a challenge that you faced in your life. Firstly, how did you come across that challenge? And also tell us, how did you come out of it? You know, the biggest challenge in my life, it's quite easy to hone in on it, is my twin soul sister, Susie, who was diagnosed with cancer. Spending all that time with her during the three years until she passed away was the biggest challenge in my mind, in my life because someone you love so deeply to see them at the age of 40 to have to go through that, for me, was the most challenging aspect of my life. But what I realized, and it goes to what you just said before in terms of your quote, is that I had to practice what I preach. And I realized that this was number six. This was a Scud missile hitting me in the face, and I was going to have to raise the bar. And I realized if I'm going to love her and be a support to her during that time, and if I'm going to master myself, I am going to have to dig in deep pick myself up by the bootstraps, not let myself become a victim of my own emotions and get it back in the zone and be more diligent and intensive with my self-development practices. And as I did that, I started to realize I was in a plane once to Seattle and for an hour long, I chanted and prayed one dimensionally like a pit bull. And I realized that if I could do that with Susie, I could do that in any part of my life. And it probably what happened was that the more I did that, the more I freed up myself. And every time I was with her, I was fairly able to be joyous experience for her and uplift her. And we had some amazing times right to the end. So that was my biggest challenge yet, my biggest opportunity for growth. Thanks a lot for sharing your story, even though it is associated with some pain, with some challenge. For the benefit of our listeners, if you had to summarize in just one sentence, the major life lesson that you'd like to share with them today, what would that be? I would say the major life lesson is that our world is not going to be a very great place unless we learn that the quality of our relationships, one, the quality of our communities, the quality of our society um, will not be enhanced if we don't enhance the quality of the relationship we have with ourselves. Because if we don't, 
all relationships will remain dysfunctional. So if we can all band together and realize that we owe it to one another, we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our children to first and foremost take care of ourselves and nurture ourselves so that we can then ripple effect, make a difference throughout the world. That's my biggest advice. So thanks once again for sharing your story. Let me try to repeat the main points of your story for the benefit of our listeners. You shared that the biggest challenge that you faced was that your twin soul sister was diagnosed with cancer. And especially during the last few years, it was a massive challenge, but you overcame that. You went through it because you realized at one point that if you were going to support her, you would have to resurrect. You would have to become stronger. You would have to take action and really transform your life in a way for her. Even on the plane, as you shared with us, you recall chanting with a sense of dedication, with a sense of really mastering yourself so that you can support those around you, your community, your country in a much better way. And I love the fact that you emphasize that the quality of the relationships that we have with our society, with our community, with those around us, we really depend on the relationship that we have with ourselves. It all starts with ourselves, And that's the theme that we're going to again and again to day, which I think is really inspiring. So thanks a lot for sharing. Pleasure, my friend. So action takers, as you head out in the world, embracing your circumstances and facing your challenges, always keep in mind that the things around you, everything, the cars, the clothes, your phone and your shoes, everything was once an idea inside a person's mind. That one person shared the idea, gathered like-minded people, worked towards his or her vision that we are so steadfast today in talking about and manifested that idea into reality. And that's why you have those objects uh, around you. In other words, everything starts in the mind and then gets shaped energetically. And like Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, great men or women are they who see that spiritual is stronger than material, that thoughts rule the world. So Alan, would you say that you found your life's calling at this point in life? Oh yes, my friend, a long time ago. That's amazing. So what is your life's calling? Well, my true life call, the funny thing is that even though I've been training and coaching for 25 years, my true calling is all about soulmates. And we just launched the Soulmate Revolution. And my goal is to bring 100,000 soulmates together by the year 2020. And it's going to be through training and coaching, the nine-step program, and then providing a soulmate network. Because my belief is that if if we bring more and more soulmates together, that that could change the world. So that's really my main calling. Wonderful. So let me ask you this. Was there ever a turning point in your life, maybe a conversation or an experience or a phrase that you read somewhere in a book that really changed things for you? I go back to coming close to dying on the desert. And uh, I think to me, mm-hmm. that was such a wake up call because it forced me to look inside and say, what do I want? What's life about? Am I just a physical body or am I more? And that had such an impact on me that um, it led me to be surrender, to be more vulnerable, to be more open. And uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And and then also, you know, uh, some of the relationships, the soulmate level relationships that I've had over the years impacted me so much because uh, sometimes you're not ready. Your soulmate could be a teacher and you get triggered. Mm -hmm. And if you're not ready for a high level relationship, it mirrors everything, including your fears and insecurities. And so a second one was one particular woman that I met where my knees were shaking when I met her. And through that experience, I learned so much about letting go the past and letting go my insecurities and fears. I would say those two experiences more than anything has helped me to grow most. So thanks a lot for sharing those moments with us. And with that, we have arrived at the last round for today, which is called the Wisdom Round. And our listeners know that the purpose of this rapid fire round is to take notes and take action. 
So let me start by asking you, out of all the advice that you received in your life, what's the best advice that someone's ever given you? I would say the best advice anyone has given me was my dear, dear aunt who just passed away at the age of 96. And she was a woman of true wisdom. And uh, the first time I got married once at a very fairly young age, and I was quite immature. And before I got married, I went to her for advice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like her advice at all. Her advice to me was, Alan, if you're going to be in a great relationship, make sure that you and that person are walking side by side with a clear head and with a good feeling in who you are and you're walking as a team, not looking at each other all the time. Mm. And I hated to hear that because I knew that I was coming from more obsession than I was rather than a healthy relationship. But I married her anyway. And then it, it ended up being a very hurtful experience. And so I'll never forget her advice, which was really the core of my entire training, which is the quality of relationships with others starts with the quality of relationship you have with yourself. That way you have two solid people walking together as a team. So name a personal habit that you found really beneficial. My best habit for sure has been since I've been a Zen monk for the last, I don't know how many decades, I do my inner fitness exercises every morning. And if I didn't do them, I'd be jello at 12 Mm o'clock. So by doing my inner fitness exercise, which is my own combination of spiritual and personal development exercises, I get in the zone and that helps me right through the entire day and evening. That would be probably my best habit. So in line with that, what is your morning routine like? One of the first things I do is I like to go into the garage I have here where no one could hear me because I do have an affinity to singing and chanting. Mm. So I do a combination of my own exercises, which are partly singing, partly chanting. Uh, I call it a babble. I just babble and it helps me get the emotions out. It's my own personal Mm. things that I've learned. And then I'll follow that with at least 20 minutes, if not 30 minutes of Zen meditation. Now, these are only personal to me. Everyone finds their own way. But that's what I do every morning and I get in the zone. And if I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be. I don't even know if I'd be alive today. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. I think the book, well, aside from my book, A Night Without Armor, if I was going to choose your audience, you say is maybe 80% uh, women, right? Would you say? Yeah, a mixture, but uh, definitely a lot of women. (laughs) I'm going to suggest a book that even men, and I've read it, Women Who Love Too Much, because I think the message is really, really good that so many people are so nurturing and giving that they give more than they get back. And then they think that's love, but it's not really unconditional love. And then they get angry when they don't get back what they're giving. So my book I'm going to recommend is, I forget, it's a while ago, The Women Who Love Too Much, and I don't remember. I feel terrible that I don't remember, but it's called Women Who Love Too Much. Action Tribe to access today's show notes. Visit my 7 forward slash 151. That's my 7 forward slash 151. So Alan, thanks a lot for joining us today and sharing your stories, sharing your insights and your amazing advice. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and also tell us how we can find you online i am grateful for my life i'm grateful for the opportunities the ups the downs the opportunity to live in a great country like canada where i had an opportunity to be the man that i am today i think it's just gratitude that i feel so i hope that's not too general but that's how i feel as far as how people get in touch with me um if you go to connect with power be the easiest way connectwithpower.com you'll get an overview of the kind of work I do and if you're interested in the soulmate side if you go to soulmaterevolution.com 
Uh, you can see that we're just launching a Soulmate Connect 30-day challenge. So soulmaterevolution.com or connectwithpower.com. So there you go, Action Tribe. Connectwithpower.com or soulmaterevolution.com. In case you want to learn more about what you've been listening to and you really want to transform your life, as we've learned, starting with you and then obviously finding your soulmate as well. I'll have both the links up in the show notes. Alan, thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the power of connecting with power mm-hmm. and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to support you and really follow you more and more. And I'm very impressed with who you are. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.